my honor and pleasure to bring on today on the Positivity Podcast my dear friend Shlomi Elech, my mutual friends. I know him already many, many years, and it's an honor. I want to jump right in a topic that Shlomi is, keeps on talking about, and he's been interviewed about it. Um, just to introduce him, he's a big mechanic and a therapist and a, and a coach, among many other titles that he holds. Um, and I really respect him a lot. And he was actually on, before I asked him to join the podcast, I had him on my personal vision board on a list that I, of people that I wanted to interview him. And it was just random how we bumped in and decided to record this podcast. So I always tell friends of mine, expect the unexpected. So let's jump right in a topic that is very uh, common right now. People, um, you know, people speak about older Bukharam and what to do about it, and I can share my journey about it and tell a little bit from a Bukha's perspective, I'm 26, how I feel, but I want to know, Shlomi, where did it, how did you get to that, and what's your advice also to somebody right now, a Bukher, on how they should live with their sort of, with their life on a day-to-day basis to stay motivated? Yeah. Well. Thank you so much. First of all, uh, I'm blushing for this beautiful interview. Okay. But I do cherish our friendship for many, many years. I know your parents, your grandparents. Right. Um, I think that it's a skill to know how to live positive through any situation. If a person can't be happy and productive while they're going through challenge A, there's always going to be challenge B down the road. They say, when I'm going to... Wow have money. When I'm going to get married, that's when it, it's not true because there's always new challenges coming upon you. Obviously, and, and I'm not denying the fact, the person that's married and happy and has a good partner, it's much easier to go through the bumps of life. And uh, But however, a teenager, uh, a bukhet that's not married yet, should and fo- uh, maybe that's a good, that's what this podcast is here yeah. for, is to, um, to bring it to a place where you can be happy where you are while you're still trying to be in a better place. And we should always strive to be in a better place. But until then, So what is the approach? You're saying that to live in the moment and know that this is my journey. I can only make the best of right now with what I have right now. That is the right way to go. Uh, uh, very good question. Very, very solid question. And, and uh, as expected from you, Thank I geared you. up before I came to the interview. Um, Thank you. I think that we need to designate a special time, uh, a certain amount of time every week that we put into our shtablis, Wow. our effort in trying to move on and talk to Shatchuim, whatever you need to do to move on from the stage A to stage B. Not only Shadichim and anything, but now we're talking about specifically for Bukharim. You, you designate one hour a week right. where you sit on that place every week, 8 o'clock, Sunday night. You sit on there, you have an old-fashioned book or you're smart, and you have a list. Who am I calling? Who am I not? Did I call my sister? Call, did, can you think about a shidduch for me? You designate one hour. The rest of the week, you're, you're going to be so calm. You're going to know you did what you had to, and then you could focus on being happy at the moment. You could focus on all the things that bring you uh, pleasure at the moment. You could... You could join a lot of groups and friends and, and the gym and wherever and Bismadrish, wherever yeah. you can meet good friends and socialize and take care of yourself. You don't have to be married to, 
to have a nice car. You don't have to be married to, to, to work on a business. And, and uh, I think that if you designate a time, it's, it's, it's going to help you in, in, many, in many different ways. That, that is amazing. And it's also different for everybody. So you have every single bukhir or girl that is struggling right now with shadikham. They have their own version of their story and how it's bothering them. Um, this week I was in Bar Park for Shabbos and I was passing through one of my malamdam from camp. Okay. And I've always had this guilty conscience that maybe I didn't behave well in this class. And every time I see him, I think maybe I should go to apologize to him. I love that topic. Let's bring on that topic. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clarify it right now. Okay, go but finish. that's where this takes a turn okay. because I came to notice very clearly that I, what I did in that class is something that 30 kids exactly did. Exactly. I don't have to, I don't need his forgiveness. I need my own forgiveness as for why I'm feeling so guilty about hurting this person. And I think that that's super important with every single person in their life, with whatever they are struggling, forgive yourself. Be nice to yourself. Whatever it is that you're struggling, if you're feeling you need help, you don't need it, be nice to yourself. And that's something that we are not taught, unfortunately, but be nice to yourself. Uh, it all starts from yourself. You are the one doing the Torah mitzvahs. You are the one that's supposed to be successful in life. And if you are beating yourself up, <laughs> Are you feeling guilty, the yeah. Jewish guilt, then you're definitely not going to be productive. But I want to I wanna say something that I think that there's an old-fashioned generational uh, belief that's, that we have in our genes. I think us even more than anybody else, but it's probably, yeah. it's probably worldwide, that we think that by feeling guilty about something that we did is going to motivate us not to do it again. And if I don't feel guilty, I am going to do it again. Rather than saying, when I was an adult, when I was a child or when I was younger, I did something stupid. It doesn't have to be that I'm going to do it again. Right. So the opposite is true. Right. If you are nice to yourself, you're kind to yourself, you're definitely not going to do bad to others. Yeah. Only when you're lacking self-happiness, self-fulfillment, right. self-productivity, you, you, you're right. pro productive, that's when you're not going to harm anybody. When did you harm someone? When you felt insignificant. You felt not needed, not wanted, so you needed to chat with someone else. But yeah. I, want to, I want to go on the other thing that you said about, uh, because that's very, very important to all of you listening. Um, you know, I hear this all the time. People say, ah, maybe, maybe when I was, let me ask you something. Uh, if someone becomes a malamed in a chayvid or a teacher in a school, don't they know that there's going to be a few chutzpah kids wow. doing something? And this is part of the, the program. And, a, and an adult does not have to ask forgiveness for his childhood doing something. Wow. It's a cheir shoyt of a kutin. He's a regular kutin. Even right. you're not liable. A little kid breaks something. He's not liable. <laughs> so why, why should we... And, and yes, if you're an adult and you hurt someone, yes, you should ask them for forgiveness, even if your life goes good. Right. right. Because then you'll be able to forgive yourself. Yeah. You'll be able to move on. You won't feel guilty. You won't have that, all those negative thoughts. And yes, dim, yes, dine. And Hashem right. is very upset at... Hurting someone else is definitely the worst thing. Yeah. And so definitely that's... Uh... Right. So it, it, we started this conversation on the topic of Shadikim because yeah. I feel it relates to me. But I, also, I, I want to get into another question, which is that if you ask any person right now to name you a couple of their friends that are happy, nobody can name anyone. Happy married or happy? So happy in general. Happy. Truly happy with their life. The answer is no one. And the, my question to you is, 
Why do you think that is? Why is it that people are not really happy? Meaning people are happy, but everybody has something bothering them. Nobody is a role model of happiness, of true happiness. Why is that? Is it maybe because life is supposed to be that way, which I don't believe? Or maybe because there is something in our society, in general society, social media. What's taking away happiness from many people mm-hmm. right now? It's a very good question. So I, I think we'll, we'll first understand what the word happy means. Uh, happy does not translate to the word simcha. Happy means I'm happy with what I have. Wow. Right? You say, I'm happy with this place. I'm happy. It doesn't mean that you're excited. You know, there are excited moments, very exciting moments, like extravagant, like, like wow. And then you have the regular. In, in Yiddish, Magazok translated the word happy is tzifriden. Right. Freilich is already more. The, the neutral line, there's a Based neutral line. line, and then everything below that is negative, negative, negative. The lowest word of the vocabulary is depressed. Right. And one thing after, I'm depressed, or I, I you know, whatever. It's and then, and the highest word would be what? Exciting. So the middle word is menicha. Sefriden, I'm happy. People think happy is above the middle line. It's not. If you're happy with what wow. you have, you are good. <laughs> I never thought about that. There's like, hakina, batava, vakuvid, mutsina, su'udam, and oilam. Three things takes a person out of this world, makes him unhappy. What? In a jealousy, you constantly want to have something that you not have, right. so you don't have. To, you're not so free, and you're not happy with what you right. have. Right. Tava, you always want more than you, than you could desire, more than you could fulfill your own tavas. We talk about yeah. tava, we talk about extra. And COVID also, you always want something from someone else. So if you are in those three things, you're never going to be happy. Right. So I, I love it because one of the names that we're going to name this podcast is living in the present moment which is something that i really got introduced to the last few years but especially in the last few months because i was personally struggling a lot with the loss of mahu um just things in my career and how busy i became with my business and stuff and i learned that all the problems are created in the mind but when you're living present and you're asking yourself what's really in the moment right now you notice that even if the worst happens it's not me. It's I'm, I'm me. My neshama is me. And this is always and forever. And there's stories happening. So, w- number one, why is it that so many of us don't live present? And how is it that a normal person can understand presence and then live it? Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 would, I would say it's that people that are not living in the present moment is they're escaping constantly. They can't live in the present moment because they can't face their fears, their inferiority, they feel inferior to others. They can't face uh, the, the obligations that they need to face. So they're constantly running. It's not because they can't, even if you train them to be, they're not going to be because they can't face. So let's go to one step before that. Let's learn how to live in a place where even if I'm not happy, even if I'm I'm not so productive, even if I'm, yeah, I face myself. I have, I have this, uh, I'm missing this deed. I'm missing this, this, uh, this challenge, this uh, tool in life. I'm missing this, this, uh, what the right word? I'm missing something that, that, that can't help me be productive. And let me face it. Yeah, I'm not happy with what I have. Acceptance. Acceptance. I accept it. So the moment you accept, then you could go to living the moment. Wow. The moment you accept it, it's cool. But why? Because 
Otherwise, you're constantly going to want to run away from, from yourself now. And what if I don't want to accept my current reality? Um, that means that you're not ready to, you want to, you're not ready to. Because acceptance is the first level of, of moving on, moving forward. Let's say grief, someone loses someone, or, or you mentioned Nukhul and, and that. Uh, you know, I, I, I work for Chai Lifeline. One of the things I do, I'm, I'm, Chai Lifeline has a project, Chai, of Chai Lifeline. It's for crisis intervention. There's a car accident. We're the ones that come to inform the parents that child never passed wow. away or the other way around. So we were trained. I was trained by Dr. Fox, big Dr. Fox from, uh, from LA. He comes here and trains us in trauma and, you know, and grief and all the... So one of the layers is acceptance. The moment you accept the situation, in other words, you want it already. Wow. What does it mean, accept? Accept it. If I want to live, if a person wants to live, and have uh, half a million dollars income a year, and they try 10 years, it doesn't go, they can't, they can't be happy. You accept it, I make only 300,000. I love to have making 300,000. I'm gonna go live between people that make less, so I'm gonna feel good, instead of living between people that make more. He works with it, and he starts accepting it, and living with it, and being practical about it, he's gonna be rich, because he's gonna be living between people that make less than him. Or, so, accepting is a must, but, some, but it takes time to get there. Mm -hmm. And it's a process. So I don't think the focus has to be that much. Of course, we have to try to live in the present moment and that we can do when we breast work and we, when, when we live with ourselves, we will live, sit in a room like this, you know, like you, fine. But, but on a daily basis, you can't live in the presence if you're running away and you can't face your issues or you still want to have kinetava code. You always want to have something more than you actually have. It's, uh, you're running away. How can you live in the present moment? Well, so many people just all they want to do is run away because their current reality is hurting them so much. Right. I think that acceptance of their current reality is, like you said, is, is the strongest part of it. And even though it's extremely difficult, I think that knowing that once you accept it to the liking or not liking, even though it really hurts, um, brings out something very powerful. I'm just... I'm a little bit speechless because I'm, I, how do I tell people live presently when so many people are thinking right now while they're listening, including myself, that I don't want to accept the present moment. It's really hurting me. So I think that we, there's also the part of which we didn't discuss yet, which is hope, which now opens the window, which is telling a person that it's really, really bad. And you're in bed, you don't have a job, you don't have a spouse, you don't have a relationship, you don't have joy, anything. But if you get up a little bit and you open your window, you're going to see the sun shining. You're going to see potential to a relationship. You're going to see a job opportunity, a business opportunity. So I think that possibly the only way to really get out of it is by creating hope, which is how do you define hope? What is hope? When you're meeting somebody in crisis, you don't tell them hope. No. You tell them, no, no, I'm no. here to sit with you in your pain. Yeah. So when is it that we sit with our pain? When is it that we choose to be present? And when is it that we choose to say, what else is available? Let's, let's move on. See, hope is dope. Okay. Hope is a drug. Hope that's based on facts. I wouldn't call it hope anymore. I would call it a prediction, I would call it a plan. Yeah. Hope without facts is dope. I hope, I hope people live in hope and hold and nothing comes, nothing gets there. Wow. 
So if we say, I hope Mashiach is going to come today, it's based on a fact. If, you, if you're a believer and you understand, the Novi says, Hashem says explicitly, I will send you a redeemer, someone that's going to redeem the Mashiach Hashem for the whole world. There's going to be a king that all the, the whole world is going to listen to him, the Eden and the Goyim, and it's going to be peace. There's not going to be war anymore. Everybody's going to throw down their weapons, and it's going to be a peace and calm with the whole world. So when I hope for Mashiach, it's based on my facts. So hoping on things that I hope it's going to turn out for the good, it's not always a good thing. Wow. It doesn't let you be realistic. I think it's very good to be real and know certain things I'm going to, certain situations that happen in my life, it's my goal forever. I'm making the best out of it. I'm trying to not only make, I'm trying to make it practical, but certain things that happen to me is a reality that I need to live with until Mashiach comes, until the end of times. So if I hope it's going to turn out or something that's not going to, it's dope, it's, it's a drug, and it doesn't let you be real and realistic. Wow. And also, it can backfire, because you hope for something so many times and it doesn't happen, it backfires, your drug. expectation, you drop the whole thing. So we have to be careful about hope. It's, it's something that... Yeah. I just want to say one thing that you said before. I want to... I was thinking, I think it's, I think it's important to listen, to, to share this. I remember when I was a teenager, um, I was very close to a dain, a very chush of a dain in, in Yishalayim, one of the dayunim in Eidacheraitis. A brilliant man. So I asked him, he said, ah, when I was a teenager, I was gishma, I, was, I wasn't this big time with Chochem. He said that he smuggled in from Europe, or I think he said from England, it's a thrill things when he was a young teenager. He didn't tell me what it was. Okay. He was caught. He was sentenced to 18 months in prison, in Etzisrul, in Medina Etzisrul prison. He made himself a cheshm. I'm going to be 18 months in prison. What am I going to do then? Ah, you could finish your Adaya and Urechaim to become a Daim. He, he went into prison with a big Amuras, with a big Shechnurich. He came out, he went to the Maya Brands of Etzisrul, without his answer in the Yunim. I think. That most people when they go into prison, they said you could use the time wisely and you could come out and be and, and have a diploma. You could come out and have, you know, I speak for, for divorcing a lot. It's one of my organizations, Achim Baderich, you know. Yeah. And I speak there constantly. And I was telling a lot, use the time. Wow. Use the time wisely. I know in Galat that are divorced. They went for psychology courses, they went for different stuff. And they got married, and that's why I got the diploma, I got the fachnaham. Right. Someone opened up a business. So it's just that we don't know when the, when, when the day is. But it's definitely hard. I know it's easy to say and hard yeah. to do. But this should be the focus at least. The focus is, let me use the time wisely. I'm going to look back one day and I'm going to say, ah, I was divorced. And what did I do? I was depressed. I had a full right. To, some, some don't see the children. Do see the struggles. I get it. But bottom line, you're going to look back to that time. You're going to look back to the Bukhara and you're going to say, okay, I got engaged when I was 25, 26, 27. What did I accomplish? It's going to be very sad. But if you're going to say, even if you didn't accomplish, you tried, you did something, that's amazing. I used my time wisely. I know it's not easy. Who wakes you up in the morning? You know, you make a plan. Uh, there's no, nobody in the next bed. There's nobody here. You know, I know, I get it, you know. But uh, this should be the focus. This, right. this is what we should try to. Right. So we spoke now a lot about self and how to develop a little bit of a stronger self in terms of living present and 
and living with hope, but also knowing that hope is dope and living in, in the moment, meaning I'm maximizing what I have right now. Exactly. When I heard this, because I feel like you're just literally talking to me and we're having a session right now. Okay. Um, I noticed that it still doesn't work. I told you presence doesn't work. I need hope. You said hope is dope. So my next thing where I turn to is people. I need a smart person like you that has been, you've, you, you did this with thousands of people. So if I talk to you and I tell you really what's bothering me, you can help me. Same as with a friend. Friends know us very well, especially if it's an old school friend. They can understand us. Same as sometimes with parents, brothers, sisters. Turning to people can really help. Now, most people feel like they don't have people because either in a moment of crisis, they don't feel like sharing. And then their friends, we all know this common line. Why didn't you tell me that you're struggling? Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, what do you mean? I was numb. I was frozen. I didn't want to tell you. So my question is, how important is it to share? And you created so many groups and organizations that help people share. So what is something that we can tell people listening right now that when you're struggling, turn to someone, how much, how much, how much is it going to help that person? And is it a good method to overcome pain? Right. It's interesting. We on my way in with Lakewood. On my way into Lakewood today, I was I got a phone call. I was talking to a yid from Europe, and he's going through a terrible crisis. One of his kids and his son-in-law sent me an email. The kids said I spoke to him on the phone, and after the phone call, he, said, <gasps> he was like, "That's it." My kingdom, my children told me all my life I should have someone. Why did I never speak to someone? I used to say, what is he going to tell me? Wow. He's going to take me out of my problems. What is he going to tell me? I feel like a different person. I'm getting back. There. I'm going to call you. I yeah. said, no problem. I'm going to my website and make an appointment. Yeah. But there's two parts. Just like Erachnius, <clears throat> we are told as Thimaru Vasaitoj. There's two aspects in Atzluche Erachnius. And I feel it's in Gashmis, it's in everything. It's a practical advice. It's not only in vaccines, of course, but even in business, even in life, even in emotional, even wherever we are, Simaru means take away the things that are bringing you down, take away the things that are blocking you. That's if we focus number one. What is blocking me? What is in my way? And then I'm other focus on Asaitoj. It's very nice to sit by a business advisor and to, or by a therapist or wherever you want and discuss your life. But if you're not dealing with the stuff that are schlepping you down constantly, you're not going to get there. You want to get there, but your body's not going to let you get there. Right. So, Avada, we need a lot of Asaitoiv because you need to feel some good in order to have Koyach to deal with the Simaru. But ultimately, we can use the same thing. So, I think that. Trying to, to be productive emotionally, physically, financially is being realistic. And if someone went through trauma, something, someone went through grief, yes, get it out. Get it out of your system. Wow. Get it out of your system. You know, wow. I have a therapist. Everybody, hi, I have a therapist. Not, Same the here. <laughs> not the first time I'm saying it. Okay. I went through my life quite a few things. Baruch Hashem, I've shared different podcasts. Yeah. And I went for help. You know, because if I wouldn't, I would have something schlepping me. In my head, I'm an achiever. If you know my life, yeah. I go. Yeah. And 
but I constantly look back. Is any strings holding me back to the wall? Right. If yes, you got to cut it off first, and then you can start going. Right. If not, you're tired of it. I want to go, but you can't. Right. If if you have thoughts that tell you, ah, that's kind of just a loser. Right. You know all these kind of voices in our head that we got out children from bullies or from parents or from malams or from wherever it was right. or from just the world, and 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 all these voices tell me it's not going to work. You can sit by a business advisor and and have the whole everything worked out, but the guy's not going to actually do it. Right. Because there's something in him tying him back. So see my room means, do I still need to wash out stuff that are keeping me back? <laughs> I never thought about it that way. And that is so beautiful. Um, because I can, I can truly relate to that. I think I, my opinion that I tell people always is, if you have a friend that you can talk to, then you are good, then you don't need a therapist. But if you don't have a friend at the moment, you better go pay someone to listen to you mm -hmm. because it's crucial. And I see it even in my business. I do social media management for companies and we started having meetings a lot more often with people. And I can see in the meetings how they just unpack, not criticism, but just questions. I thought you might do this, I thought you might do that. So we as human beings, we also have questions. Daily with our decisions, we have questions. And that I also have friends that are available to me that I can call them and tell them, look, I'm thinking so-and-so. Is it because of this? Is it because of that? So I think that when we have another person, it makes us so much stronger. It elevates the energy. You know this with Hasidic Shesvuram and everything, yeah. that this whole concept of getting together because the energy is so much stronger. So, and even though it's difficult, it's, I, I always encourage people to, to create friends. I also tell people, people know that I'm, that I'm out there a little bit. I tell them I am available. I have special, my phone number is open to everybody so that I can give them chizik because I know how important it is for people to have somebody to talk to right. um, and, and to, to understand them. You know, we say chazak, chazak, venis chazak. Chazak, chazak, you tell someone, you're mechazik other people and it's chazak, in turn you become a chizik. Wow. So sometimes, if you don't have who to talk to, someone should be you mechazik, go find who you could be mechazik. Right. Go strengthen someone else and you're going to have chizik. Right. It so really it works. Yeah. So I'm going to move to the next part of the conversation okay. because now that we have friends, I notice a very interesting thing and I'm going to share a very vulnerable story that I had. I was sitting in my office tonight and I was remember just turning left and right and thinking to myself, what do I do? What do I do here? What? I don't have anything to do. And then I thought to myself, maybe I should go to Monty to visit my friend Mahul. And then I said, listen, Mahul, you know, you're, you're a Monty. You can also hear me from here. So Mahul, I said, find me something to do. I'm going to bocher. I'm guy like they do. Give me something to do. So... And then a, a minute later, my friend messaged me, come over, and that's where I met you. And a second part of that is that exactly a week ago, I made a list of guests that I want to have on my podcast, and I wrote down five names. Um, I think I wrote, like, Joe Dispenza and Ezra Max, if you know him, and I wrote Shloimi Eilach. So I noticed that by talking to, 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 by talking it out and saying it out there, it, it came true. It and also it. by writing it down to Tashem, to, it, it, I attracted it. So I want to get to the point of speaking Tashem and how important that is 
Um, can you elaborate on that? Because for many people, they have no choice but to talk to Hashem because he sees and knows everything, but he also answers right away. Because I ask him for that. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit impatient sometimes. So I ask him, Beshefa, please help me. And I say that just like he can give us things in the physical world, he can definitely give us feelings because he's, he's at the switching station. So if I ask him, Beshefa, please give me calmness, give me peace of mind, help me feel loved, help me, help me feel validated. He, a feeling is, in our eyes, even easier for him to give us. So what is it? How powerful is it to speak out to Hashem? I like to be very realistic. Um, a lot of people are very betrayed of talking to Hashem because they asked for many things and didn't happen. Many people are very innocent and gullible when they're young and they really, they're told that you're going to dive and you're going to get it. Wow. And I personally, it's not based on my thoughts, it's based on the thoughts that, you know, I'm very into Hasidus, the original cute generation, Talmud of Hashem. I don't see it in there anywhere where it says, you'll do this, you get that. Wow. You daven to Hashem. And it's true. I'm going to share with you a beautiful story about the van that I picked up today. Just I said a word yesterday and I got a crazy story. But the point is, the worst thing someone could tell me, come, there are certain baladashunim, which are amazing people, but this part, I totally disagree with them. Maybe they for themselves have a very high level of mimina and they get certain things sometimes because, I don't know, conversation. But... You can't come and preach to people, he's daven and you'll get it. Hashem says no. I want to tell you something, and, and, and then we'll get to Emma's like the power of Tula, yeah. which I do believe in the power of Tula. You know, I have a school, right? I told you, I opened up a school. I opened up a high school a half a year ago for girls that don't belong in the system, girls that are on smartphones and yeah. on the social media, but very normal, healthy girls. Like, yeah. like it's a beautiful place in Muncie. It's one of my major projects. Mm-hmm. Hashem, Hashem gave me towards my One day I had a girl came over to me. I give a shir over there every day for one hour. It's called a thinking class. Instead of calling it Ashkufa class, we call yeah. it a thinking class. And girls ask me any question they want about life, Yiddishkeit, whatever they want. And we ask, or I, or I bring up topics. You talk about trust, you talk about all kinds of relationships, life, and Yiddishkeit, Shabbos, whatever they want. So a girl comes over to me, such a tamimus. Anashuma from a different world. Obviously, she struggled with Sinias and Andrezachim. And unfortunately, her own family uh, is judging her. I don't yeah. judge them for judging her. Exactly. But, but, but they, they judge her and they think that because she has this. But I know her when she asks. She's, you know, all of these Anashumas are tzaddikim. Real tzaddikim, real tzaddikim. So she asked me, it's such a tzaddikim. She said, Rabbi, I want to ask you a question. I asked Hashem so hard for something that I need. A small thing. And I gave away from myself. I took upon, and I said, if you give it like him, and I did sinias a few days, oh, from here to here, whatever yeah. it is. I'm giving up. Hashem is not interested. I told Hashem, it's filling my head while she was talking. You got to give me something to answer, like in the spot. Wow. Hashem gave me an unbelievable answer, which was, mom is true, that was happening in my house. I said, you know, my son, my three sons, my three little ones, they, they need to go for uh, well visit, and some of them needed vaccines, vaccine, the regular vaccine, yeah. not about COVID vaccine. I give vaccine to regular kids. And Tati Gvilnish, he's scared of the shot. So for two weeks, he was begging me, and he went to sleep on time, and he didn't fight with his brother. Did I give in to him? 
No, the best thing for him is to get that shot. Wow. Even whatever good he'll do, whatever he'll daven to me, whatever he'll ask me, I'll, I'll, so I, I said, Sadik, I'll give you other things, but this is for your favor. No, but the daven is like, he's like, he's too young, he doesn't get it. I told her, Hashem, listen to you, but he said, you need to get that vaccine, or you cannot get that thing that you wanted. I know it's not good for you now. Wow. I'll, I'll give it to you next time. It does not mean that it didn't listen to you. So just to understand the power of thriller is sometimes, and then I'm going to add one more thing to, the, to prove what I said a minute ago. The cipher is called um, Paleoids, the first Paleoids, from the Papa. He writes a very interesting thing. He says there are three types of gazaitas from Himmel, from Shemaim, that could happen in this world. Some gazaitas, in others, Hashem says, this person has to wait till this is time to get engaged. This, this person is going to have to wait till he's going to make money. It has to do with the amount of tefillahs. If you daven a certain amount of tefillah, you'll get it. Like we see Moshe Rabbeinu, he wanted to go into Yitzhak and he daven the Shana and Hashem, the Shana is 515. 515 times he, he made a whole tefillah and, this, and says, Chazal, if you daven one more tefillah, he would have gotten into Yitzhak Hashem made that he shouldn't because Hashem knew it was not good for him to go into Yitzhak so, so, so he says, the one gazayr has to do with the amount of tefillah. Other gazayrs that come down in this world have to do with the amount of time. You could daven from today till tomorrow. Wow. You could do whatever. This person has to get healed at this day. And that day, that moment, that's cut. He's going to find the best medicine. He's going to find the perfect doctor. It, and we've seen many people throughout life, at a certain time, they struggled with something for years and boom. Yeah. And then he says, certain gazayrs are never going to change. Hashem says no. I mean, we can see it in this world if someone has amputated the leg. It's a desire that's not going to turn back. Loses a child. It's a desire that's not going to turn back. I mean, but that's not. So, we don't know what the desire is, or what it is. Does it have to do with time, the amount of filler? So, that's why we daven. But you cannot come and tell people that you're going to daven, you're going to get it. Hashem does not want to give it to me, he knows it's not good for him. Yeah. So, Lamasa, we still have to daven. Why? We daven to Hashem because He doesn't know what we need. He knows what we need. When we daven, we become purified. We become, our ego gets lower and lower. An egoist cannot daven. If I have ego, I cannot ask my wife for a favor. Wow. I'm going to make her that she wants to give it to me, right? Or a person. Egoist will never ask you to do me a favor. They're not going to do that. Wow. Because it's shedding another layer of our ego, so our relationship to Hashem gets closer. So Hashem takes away from us something sometimes, says, Daven, and yes, you're going to get it, because not because the goal is not you need to Daven to get it. You need to get closer to Hashem to get it, because the whole reason He took it away from you is He wanted to get closer to you. Wow. So even if you Daven and it's excited, it's not going to change, you're still getting closer. The purpose of Tefillah is still there. And it's awesome feeling of feeling close to Hashem. Hashem... Refine Hashem, you don't know that can heal. Give me It's it's even if he doesn't want to give it to me, I surrender every single time I daven with a real but the M, it's not just saying the words like a like a robot. I surrender to a much deeper, deeper level and I get much, much closer to Hashem. And in turn I have a better life and a better life the world to come. And 
mission accomplished. Now Hashem says you can have it. You got there. Wow, so beautiful. So yeah, to, to, to the concept of davening, I heard a good saying, don't ask for a bus ticket, ask for a Rolls Royce, because it's the same amount of energy. But to the second part that you said, no, so meaning that people ask for so many short-term little things, ask for, for your real ge'ila, something that you really want and something that can really change your life. Ask the problem is that, that most people, I'm sorry, that mo most people daven only when they're lacking something. Yeah. Imagine there would be a, um, a challah baking or for, for, for someone, or, or we light 15 minutes early the can Shabbos candles, or every time something goes good. Our neighbor is a chusin gavadon. The chavayim get together. We're going to learn five minutes today. Yeah. The maranaim says one of my main shurim, the Heilig maranaim, yeah. He says that if you would, if people would constantly get closer to Hashem through the good that He gives you, He would never have to give you the bad. Wow. He says it like oh, he says it in the words. It sounds like he's giving a guarantee. If every time you have something good, you get close to Hashem, automatically, why should it go back? I, I happen to agree that it's, I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit ashamed to say that I, I do feel that way. When I am not feeling well, I just, or I'm not doing so well in life or something is bothering me, I just run to Hashem a lot more than when something is going well. So the outcome of this podcast for me personally is going to be to start really celebrating. And Gedali Fenster talks a lot about celebrating something before it even happened. Sure. Um, Why? Well, because that's a minute. Right. It's real a minute. Yeah. yeah. So this is my personally, my personal thing that I take from this is going to be this, to start celebrating the wins. And I'm going to make, I don't know, either a point system or something where it really gets celebrated. And one of the actual things that I do is every night when I go into bed, I start, I thank for my day, but I thank for the littlest, smallest things that happen, which can be a smile yeah. from the gas station, from, you know, from the guy filling up the tank, or so that my mind learns to find for these little things. But I, I am going to say I don't celebrate the good things. And yet. I think yet. And I think that most people don't. Right. And um, so it's it's super powerful that we start doing that. It's it's it's, yeah. Uh, th that's a very strong point. In terms of davening, I also learned this to not ask for a specific outcome because how do I know what I need? Right. But to ask Hashem that be with me in this situation, not just be with me because I know you're with me. Please help me remember that you are with me at all times. And also I ask him, please help me in my journey. Give me the next step, please. Whatever that is for you, because you know everything, you've helped me till now. Uh, Steve Harvey says, your success rate on surviving bad days is 100% because you are still here. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. please help me with my next step in my journey. And I'm proud to say, I didn't think, I never thought I'm going to say this because this is so private and personal. But every time I ask him for it, he answers me yeah. and he gives me that the message, the clue, the, the, the person, the hint, the sometimes I'll, even, I'll the, tell you, why, you know, yeah. It says that Hashem, the thrillers that you ask to get to get Rochni is that, 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 it, that there is a guarantee on that one. Wow. So you ask Hashem, I want to be Matzliach right. in my mission in this world. He has to give it to you because right. there's no. You're asking it for him. Yeah, exactly. 
So whatever you want to do in your journey, even as Fanusa, it's everything towards getting close to your mission in this world. And that means the mission that Hashem wants you to do and getting close to Hashem. That's why you're seeing the Hatzlucha. Because whatever you ask, show me my next step. Meaning Hashem, what's my next step to get close to you? In other words, because at the end of the day, everything you're doing, you, this podcast is, is, is hopefully going to make some people's lives a little easier yeah. or clearer. You know? So whatever you're doing, you stand for something so amazing. Ellie, you. Thank so, you. So that's, that's going to give you... Uh, um, so that's all you have to have to smile. Yeah, that, that is amazing. Um, I, I, I just find life beautiful in general. And I, I think I have that natural positivity. But as positive as it gets, it also gets really dark sometimes. And that is also, I, I believe very much in the law of opposites. And uh, I was thinking today, I don't think they are necessarily light and dark within the times. I think it's more light and dark within your life. So people have to understand that there's always going to be that consciousness. And, and I'm, I'm proud to admit that as positive as I am and what people see, that's how low it also goes. It can get really dark. And... I'm, I'm not going to say that it's a good thing. I'm going to say it just really hurts. So for anybody hurting, and I speak to so many people, I, I told people that it hurts so much sometimes. I, I sometimes feel like I'm just going crazy, like I'm not myself anymore. And that's something that I hear from so many people. So let's, let's, let's understand that pain is, is a normal thing, that it does get into people, and that there is, and that there is sometimes no way, but sometimes there is a way to go to go about it and how to, to heal. Um, I, I do want to go and just on top on the surface because what I learned is that a lot of my pain has nothing to do with who I am right now. I'm a very capable adult, but there's a little boy inside me that's yelling out that wants specific things that he never had, never got, or he's trying to achieve it for a certain, a certain purpose. Like even for me, a fame, there's two parts to my career. There is the fame and there's the creativity. So creativity will always stay. This is what I do for a living. This I always wrote and I always batchen and I always had the mic in my hand. That's my gift. Fame has nothing to do with my gift. That's already the ego. That's some trying to prove to either parents or friends that I am good enough. I belong. I have a place in this world. So without going in very, very deep into inner trial, trauma and stuff like that, how do we explain to people that there is a certain programming that happened for them from when they were born and as a child, like things that happened even when they were not even born, but as a young, very young baby and then from one to six and, and so on, so that they understand that not everything that they're feeling or trying to accomplish, I know it's a very loaded question, so, but so they can understand that the, what they're feeling right now, I just heard a very good saying a few minutes ago. We don't have problems, we have emotions. Okay? Nothing is a problem. Like we said before, present, everything is 100% fine. That's why you're here. Nothing. So there is, for adults out there, there's always something that's sort of filling up their feelings and emotions that's creating this pr the problem and they don't even know how to identify it because they're not they're not even fully living so I, this doesn't even sound like a question no, anymore no, no, I get it. so yeah. let me take over there's a uh, there are many different methods of dealing with the inner child and 
you know, life, life, livelihood and, and, and issues and stuff. There is one that became very, very famous recently, and I'm a very big fan of it. It's called IFS. IFS. It's internal family system. Yeah. The internal family system and parts. I think that every person should get a hold of uh, some training of it or go to a therapist that does IFS and do IFS on yourself. This is exactly what it deals with. It's, it's, it helps you uh, understand that we have parts in our brain. And the reason why I like IFS, it's totally ashtik chasidus. Ah, okay. So there's the parts. It talks about the other part of you, the dark side. The collective brain. So, so that's why I like this whole IFS method. I think that um, just to understand that to break it down, we're not going to go through yeah. the whole thing. Is yeah, that, because I, I'm going to say why I don't want because yeah. people do get triggered. They don't. They don't want to talk about healing. But I love to meet a random friend and tell him, look, your father might have not have so many so much time for you, and that's why you feel that you don't deserve time. So it's okay if you. If you understand that you deserve more time. So that's without going into anything. I don't send them anywhere. I don't tell them anywhere. I don't, do, I don't say do this, do that. So that's, there's thousands of listeners that are going to listen. And everybody has a story. Mm-hmm. And some associate, some run away. But yeah, so go on. So that's what I'm saying. I want to touch very surface-based. What, what, what is it that, they, that can help them understand that they're not just what they are right now, but they're also very much conditioning to what happened to them. Conditioned to yes, what happened to them. Yes, correct. Right. Um, our brain is a vacuum cleaner. It vacuums. Oops. It's a yeah. vacuum. Can't have someone that talks with hands. And, yeah. uh, it's a vacuum. We're talking, our subconscious is absorbing that someone passed by that room, everything else that's happening. Wow. But we're subconsciously. This happened since the moment we're born, and probably from before already. So, all these impressions that go into the the the, the and the reason why we, why we absorb everything is because we have an ashuma and ashuma in the chesed in Kabul is called root sign. It's the desire. We have a desire. We think the desire is for that. We get confused the desire for this, but there's a desire. Desire yeah. is ultimately to get close to Hashem, but it's a conversation. So, therefore, if we have an Ashuma, we're constantly absorbing everything that's going on around us. Nuances. Some people are in tune into the nuances and some people are not. So, every single moment that you went through in your life as a child, as, as a teenager, with friends, with neighbors, everything is in it's you. There. It's there. It's there. In you, in our mind, because you started with brain. Is it in our body or brain or both, by the way? Uh, it's all connected, it's in both, yeah, it's okay. definitely connected, it's absorbed in, into the system. So, we need to understand, when, 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 when we make a decision, uh, you know, should I go away for Shabbos? Yeah. Should I do something? Uh, should I grow spiritually? Should I do something? There are different people speaking at the time, there's a whole meeting wow. table, a huge, yeah. a huge round table, there's probably 50, 60 people over there. <laughs> And this guy's going to say, you lose the last time you did it. You're going to start. Who are you to say? The other guy's yeah, going to say, do it, do it, good. Cheer <laughs> on, go ahead. So IFS says, listen to every voice separate. Do not mute anybody around the table. That's the key. Do not mute. You know, you can mute someone's mic in the middle of a conversation if you don't okay. want to listen to them in a conference room. Everybody needs to speak and understand 
It's not me. It's that voice. That voice, voice number A, is saying, I should not do this business deal. It's going to fall through. You remember last time we did it, three times ago, six times ago. And then the other voice said, no, you, ah, what are you? I said, Sha, I'll listen to you in a moment. Let me listen to this voice. Okay. And don't be scared and afraid to live there. Live it. Yes. One voice is telling me a very black voice. Mm -hmm. Don, say, thank you so much for, for telling me that. Why are you Mr. Voice telling me that? Because you want to protect me, that I should have fallen into another business deal. I should have fallen into another relationship. Right. So every single part in our brain is a protector. Remember that. If it's not a protector, your brain wouldn't listen to them. Yeah. So say, thank you very much for protecting me. Yeah. Now let me hear what the other guy has to say. The other guy says, why are you talking? All the rich people fell through 10 times till they made it. It's yeah. 10 business. So you have three marriages. Do the fourth one. You'll make it now. So, so you have so many friends that dropped you. You'll make it. So everything. You listen to all the voices. And then you're the one sitting over and You're the one sitting and you're deciding what you're going to do. And that's a very rational, good way to think. But if we're scared to listen to the, to the negative voices, you know, I, I'm involved in one thing in, in a mindset. So, so they call me every now and then to the, the, to the meetings, the, 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 the VAD. Yeah. So we're sitting by this VAD going on for years, every, every few weeks. And there's one guy over there, you know, he sees always the cup half empty. Yeah. Oh, totally empty. For some reason, there's water in there. Like, like yeah. as negative as you could get. And he has a big, loud voice. And he's always, and they wanted to kick him out of the, our meeting so many times. And I said, keep him here. Wow. Let him balance the conversation. Yeah. Let him balance the conversation. If everybody's saying, yeah, let's buy another bus for the Khaidir. We'll make it. We'll see you. And he says, no. How are you going to make the payments? It's amazing. We need that. It's amazing. It's amazing because I have my, the COO of my company, of Weber Media, is also like that. And meaning that whatever I say, instead of just agreeing, she has her perspective. And my family asked me many times, you pay her. Like, why is everything like a conversation? And... And that's exactly what I told them because because she's just the opposite of who I am. That's why that's why this is very. Otherwise, healthy it's for, preaching to the choir. Right. <laughs> right. Beginning. Right. So, but but that's but that's interesting because, for example, you invited me for Shabbos, and I right away had all these voices go off, like you said, but it still didn't help. I had a voice telling me that I won't enjoy, I won't be comfortable, I won't be uh, safe, I won't. I won't feel socially comfortable. I'll have regular anxiety, social anxiety, whatever. And then there was one little voice that was automatically silent, which said, you know, maybe you're going to have a good time. Like people are going to listen to you. You're going to feel like extremely happy and validated. The question is, where do I go right now? Good idea. After yeah. this happened. A good question. And I, I, I have... Uh, uh... A method that I think is something that everybody could use. It's not only no no shaykhs to IFS. It's just a general okay. thing. Is whenever you want to make a decision, should I go for Shabbos or should I not? So you make a list of all the reasons why you should go. And in your head, there's going to come. Oh, but you shouldn't go soon. Okay. Only why you should go. This side of the palm. Okay. When you're done, you turn over your hand. This is not allowed to see this side. Not this side and this side. Yeah. And uh, on the other hand, I think you should. On the other hand, no, not on one hand. On one hand. They should not see each other. <laughs> you do all the yays and then you do all the nays and then you'll, you'll have your answer. Or you can start nay first or yay first. Wow. But I'm telling you, I use this. Yeah. And I told many, many people in the world and they said it changed their life. Okay. Whenever you make a decision in our brain, 
if I'm not, but if I'm not going to go, then that, you're never going to get clear. Yeah. So if someone calls to you for advice, right, and they sit with me, and even a shield, you know, you can imagine that the davening people come. Yeah, this up. is the this is the second thing. Believe, this is the second thing I'm going to adopt. I'm going to start celebrating wins and writing down yays and nays. And then but, goes but, also, but don't go to the other side before you until you ask it. When you're done with the list, say, "No, I need to force myself two more reasons wow. why yes." And then your system feels, oh, I really amazing. said yeah, yes. I heard about that method. And then it. you turn it over. And probably the, the time you're halfway done, you, you have your answer. I heard about this method. Let's, I tell people to do it with Shadikham. Find how many, write down how many ways you can, do, you can find your Basherta. So maybe you said, so they said, they write down, right? I can call a Shatchan, a friend, a family, and then they stop. And then I tell them, find 20 ways. So go on. So then you're going to do four is, uh, I'm going to look in the, and I'm going to check the five. I'm going to ask and shield. Six, they, when six, seven, it doesn't go anymore. Find 20 reasons. Teach your brain that even when there is no option anymore, you still find another right. way and another way and right. another that, way that, and another that's, way. That's another thing. So, well, that's not this. This is the government so, decisions. Yeah, exactly. And so this is the government. But you're right. That, that's so, force yeah. yourself. That, yeah. And then regarding the list I also saw from Mel Robbins, which is, by the way, Jewish, but she's very big and popular with her own method. She has the five-second rule. She has the high-five and the mirror rule. And just interesting concepts. And she says the same thing with your life. Like, write down what's the things that serve you. Write down the things that are hurting you. And just start doing more of the things that make you feel good. And stop doing the things that are hurting you. I feel like that is just an amazing concept that just simplifies life. Um, I think we spoke a lot about deep st stuff and pain. I, the, the podcast is really focused on positivity. But like you said, we have the Sir Maru and, now we have the, and we have the Asai Toiv. So Excellent. we got really a little bit of the Sir Maru, Page which one. is living, yeah, which is living present. And it's, um, let me ask you, what is a happy, good life? Because you know happy, good people. What is a happy, good life? Someone says, let me start from now. No, I'm not going to heal everything. And we know for us, Eden, it's impossible to heal. And the reason is because we went through a war, a World War II. You can't heal it. I think in therapy there is ABD Gener and CBD, genera right? Generational trauma. We have yeah. in our blood and our flesh 2,000 years of trauma. Right. Oh, yeah, of course. Right. I'm saying, but there's, I think there's two methods in therapy. One is to change the actual story. And one is to accept it for what it is. I'm not sure what, what, so, which okay. part you're talking about. So I'm, I'm sure. I'll, I'll explain. So if somebody is traumatized from getting married, for example, we can tell them that, yes, you had this difficulty as, a, as a growing up, but you should know that it, doesn't have to, that it doesn't have to be that way. It can be different. And then they learn to adapt. Or there's another method, which is to tell them that, yes, this is what it is. You see your parents fighting? Yes, that, that is what it was. And understand that it can happen also by you, but you can you have the ability to choose over that. So I think that we're very much more of the accepting part of 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 a society because what happened to us in World War II is it happened and it was very traumatizing to a lot of people. The question is, what do we do right now since we can't change it? What do we do right now? Do we stand up as individual heroes and make the most out of our beautiful life, or do we? Um, or do we just cry about it? Because changing it is not going to work. I believe in designating times for everything. Okay. Uh, obviously, you can't force emotions. Emotions don't go with times that much. <laughs> but at least you could plan. 
you put yourself in a in a moment where you go to 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 shiel Friday night where it's a shield where there's a lot of singing and a real geschmack play. It's not just like this robotic. So obviously, you know you're going to come home emotionally excited with your yeah. Shabbos. And if you go to shield with like... Uh, so we could set up a place to induce our emotions to come out or not to come out. So we could a little bit control our emotions in that way in many different ways. You set yourself up and you, you meditate. You go in, you know, you're stressed at work. Go into a car, drive to the local park, the smallest local park, sit down on the bench. For 10 minutes, right. go back to work, you're a new person, second half of the day. So, so our actions could impact a lot of, of, of our feelings, where they should be. I think that if we want to be happy, if we want to be productive, if we want to be um, in good, healthy relationships and not, not fair relationships, um, we have to put ourselves in a place where it's going to induce it. Yeah. So, so it's like you said, if you put yourself in an environment where, where you're loved and you're cherished and you appreciate it and, and need it, then, then you are going to, uh, to, to find yourself in a better place. Can you control emotions all the time? No, you can wake up one morning and a down. And one, a lot of it is biological, it's, it's the hormones. It's not only always circumstantial because... Yeah, so, so that's... <laughs> we deal with it, you know. It's, uh, I love how you said it because I feel like I'm hard on myself with emotions. I'm constantly wanting to be the best version of Ellie Weber, which is uh, happy and excited is it, and calm. Is it even better version? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. But I feel like, like you said, emotions, emotions get to me. Like it's, uh, and it can be very overwhelming. And especially for men, we don't talk about it because uh, you know you're not you know, you're supposed to be the the. The, the strong personality and never feel whatever you're feeling. So it's a, it's, that's, a, I think, a very big challenge. And, and what I've seen from, my, from people listening to me, that they constantly love it. I started now a new practice, which is talking in the mirror every day and telling myself that it's going to be a good day. And I ask myself, how are you feeling today? And I tell myself that it's okay to not feel so well. And I've never gotten thousands of responses of people saying, wow, you inspire me. Oh, you shared this? Yes, I shared the video, and which was a difficult thing for me, yeah. but I believe in a bigger mission than Being myself. Vulnerable, right? Yeah, and just being honest, like, yes, I struggle with a lot of things in my life. My life is not that great. Really? But I think that it is great. <laughs> so, no, meaning to say that it's, I feel like I, feel like I have a full version of life. I feel mm -hmm. like I got the full right. package. Right. The excitements, the the that's what I meant. With my life is not that great. Meaning I'm 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 embracing it. I'm I'm very happy to have the 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 yellow jellies as much as I have the the red ones and the blue ones. I think that it's that that's really what what life's life's about. And even though many days it's difficult to accept the reality of the of the now, because it's just not really the way I want or not what makes me feel really comfortable. I still tell myself that it's okay to feel this way. It's okay to not be exactly where I think that I want to be in my life um, because this is the uh, perfection. Imperfection is the, uh, is the perfection of life, I believe. You said before, way before, you mentioned Yeah, I want to say part of it is based on the Maranayim. And then other situation on the idea of Yoitzer. What does Yoitzer Oidevaidakhoshak mean? Really, we're thanking Hashem for the light, for the sun. The sun, yeah. the whole world is on the sun. The sun brings fruits, vegetables, weather, everything is controlled by the sun. So we thank Hashem for the Yoitzer Oid. 
darkness. You need to go to sleep at night. You need to have to, to rest and you need to go. But there's an interesting words he says. So darkness was created. And Yoitzer is Yitzira. It's like it's like I create a piece of metal, and from the metal I make a car. So light is only a Yitzira, light is not a Bria. So Hashem created darkness. And then we see talking in Vashas Barashas in the beginning of the Torah, it says, He first created darkness. And then he created the light to fight the darkness. Who's guys for? He says a very interesting thing. He says that yes. Every time there is a dark moment means there is an energy created. It's dark. You take that energy and by bechira, by choosing to turn it into good, you took the, the new creation that's black and you turned it into white. Yeah. Right? So, so let's say, uh, let's be practical. Let's say someone calls you in the morning and you wake up in the morning, neutral mood. You're neutral, you're good. And he calls you up and he tells you something very bad. This this person said so-and-so about you. This person, whatever, anything that's going to... You get cooked up. So you just got a piece of energy. Let's yeah. say energy level 60. Energy level 60 is in you. You have a choice. That's what Bechir is. Bechir is where do I take this energy that came my way okay. to keep it black or to turn it white? Yeah. So it comes at a level 60 wow. of energy, of black energy. You feel down. You feel... You say, okay, so what am I going to do with this? I'm, I'm, I'm going to... Could be angry at the person, <laughs> or no, let me use this energy to do something good. The cover name, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something good out of it. So you get a level 60, level 50, level 40. You're saying bechira with your emotions, not with the physical actions. You're right. It's right. amazing. It's bechira on what are you doing now with that energy that you got. Every emotion is an energy. Wow. So let's say it's a negative energy or a positive energy. Even someone called you up in the morning and he said, you know, it hurt. Uh, I don't know what, something so exciting for you. You it's have crazy. an energy. What are you going to do with that energy? Are you going to become more egoistic? You're going to walk into business and, and, and snob out everybody today? Or are you going to use that energy to, to give more tzedakah and call up a few more people? How are you doing? I'm putting a pen in this. Cases. What are you going to do with that energy? Everything that comes our way gives our emotional energy. I'm talking about emotional energy. Yeah, yeah. So that's, so what is created? A dark energy and you turn it into light. So yeah. And now I'm getting energy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay so a very a very i think a very cozy topic is is relationships so i do want to talk about that and i noticed for my for myself i had this um, huge awareness obviously that we spoke a little bit about this before off camera that 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 relationships is definitely not going to it's funny because i even noticed it this morning again as i was meditating after my breath work i noticed <laughs> Like that at the end of the day, Ellie, you do have an expectation of what your marriage is going to be like. But let me tell you, Ellie, something. You, fe you see this feeling that you're feeling right now? This is exactly what your marriage is going to be like just with someone else. And there might be good moments, bad moments, but stop pro projecting what you want. Because again, like you said, that the, 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 the voices in your head are telling you exactly what they want to feel or what they think a good relationship is, a bad relationship is. But you know what's real? The moment right now. The feeling you have right now. So what I noticed is that a relationship is not going to make me, break me, is not going to add anything to who I really am. Um, okay, maybe that's a broad statement, but again, we can discuss it. But I, but I, I noticed that I am, I am a complete version of myself 
and that that what I noticed is, I'm going to go back a second, what I noticed is that the relationships that I have right now is a reflection of the relationship that I'm going to potentially have. So when I have friends, how often do I talk to them? How often do I check in? Do I really care? If I have a best friend, how generous am I to them? How much do I care for them? How much, how much time do I spend with them? And even though these friends that we're talking about are, are other men, so it's, it's, you can't always compare, but hold on, how's the relationship with my mother? Oh, she, it's her fault. Yeah. But what do you mean? It's also going to be sometimes your wife's fault. So did you buy her flowers or not? So why am I bringing up parents? Because at the end of the day, it's all about me. So yes, they're at fault. Okay, let's say that they are at fault, but it's still me. How is my relationship with them, regardless of who they are, or what they are? And again, in certain circumstances, maybe it's good to, okay, but what, again, all comes back to me. If you are single right now, how's the relationship with, first of all, with yourself, by the way, and second of all, how is the relationship with the people you have now around you? And those things will determine when and whether and whether you'll get engaged or whether you'll have a happy relationship and same thing is for married people right now what is the statistic of what is the status of your relationship in terms of how, how what are you doing and what are you not doing mm. so first of all for the singles does it make sense what i said i mean i know it makes sense for me mm -hmm. i'm saying do you agree that if a, any bucher right now any girl right now wants to judge when they will be in a relationship or how they will be in a relationship, they should judge it by the relationships that they have currently. Not really. Okay. I'm sorry. But no, it's okay. I, 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 you, you said it within your, in your statement. I think that um, you can't compare a girlfriend with her friends and a boy and a guy with his guys. And, and they're all married or they're not married. They're busy. It's not a real relationship. You know, there's many layers, levels of, of relationships, yeah. and the husband and wife is ultimately the ultimate rela relationship. So I think that when a person's happy married, the good comes out of them. And that's how I tell people when you go dating, you ask yourself, is this person going to bring out the good in me or the bad in me? Yeah. The best in me or the worst in me? So sometimes people divorce is not only because one was bad, they were bad for each other. They were bringing out this something triggering right. in this person in a very deep level. And you're the Bring more out. specialist, I yeah, think, yeah. right? You have help a lot of people with these things. Okay. Yeah. So I think that um, in a relationship, in a healthy relationship, in a healthy marriage, uh, the good comes out. I think every person has rats in their system, wow. and every person has their angels. And if we're happy and we're in a good place, only angels come out. When do you talk, Lushan Hara? Who talks about other people? Someone that's not happy with themselves. When you're happy, successful, you care about other people. So we are not trying to focus to, to find our rats and work on it. We're trying to focus on being happy. Even, even with shallow things. happiness, deep happiness, whatever. It can be to keep your light up the whole time and automatically it's just going to be good. Wow. So I think when a person is going to be happy married, that's a shame. Their relationship could be very different than before. They were not happy, they were single, whatever it was, and the other friends were not really nice to them or whatever it is. They weren't, they, there's no loyalty because they have loyalty to, to their wives. They have loyalty to their husbands. 
how could I have loyalty to you, a single friend? They could take you out sometimes, they could feel bad for you, or, or, or really actually enjoy you, your, your moments with you going out to a restaurant, but you're right. not getting that. So what happens is you're not so good in the relationship because you feel it, you sense that this relationship is not really, yeah. really, really... So I, I don't think that's an indication. But, but it does have value to what you said, that, that you. you should look into yourself. You can definitely practice. Uh, in practice, and look into yourself. How yeah. am I between people? So, so I want to add one more thing oh, quickly. Okay. I think that's important. To, you know, um, I'm so this... happy to be wrong, by the way. It's like a whole thing. <laughs> Not wrong, we discussed it. But I think it's practicing. I definitely think it's practicing. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We say that um, marriage is not a hospital. Yeah. Meaning, if someone knows that child has Right. A, a disorder, let's not, any, anything major. And they don't want to tell the other side about it. They got married, it's going to be good. No, no, no. I'm not talking about that. Wow. I'm talking about someone in relationships and different stuff. I'm not talking about someone that has emotional, mental, you know, things that do have to be disclosed. Yeah. Better be disclosed. Right. So, but, but, what marriage is, yeah, marriage is a midis workout machine. Wow. Or a personality workout machine, if you want to call it different words. Yeah. And... When you live with your spouse, you have to really uh, take responsibility for your actions. Now you don't have to. Have, a single guy doesn't have to. A single woman doesn't have to take responsibility of their actions. Yeah. They just go into their cave, get childless. Yeah. But when you're married, and you have to take responsibility, so automatically it helps you, and that's the beauty of marriage. Right. It helps you work on your midlife, on your personality, you become a different person because you have to. You can't just say, "Ah, I didn't mean it." What do you mean? Yeah. Didn't mean it. It's it's a serious thing. So that's the beauty of marriage. Uh, that's beautiful. A universal question, Shlomi. Yeah. Some people say you have to be complete before you get married. If you love yourself, then... It, and then there is another very big uh, psychologi um, psychologist and, and, and the coach. Uh, her name is Esther Perel. She's from London. And she, she says this is the opposite. How can you learn to love yourself when there is somebody out there that can love you, that can teach you how to love yourself and bring out so many things that you didn't even know about yourself. So what's your opinion? Do we have to love ourselves before we get married? Or is it, is it okay to love ourselves halfway and get into a marriage that, that is good and that will teach us and bring us up even more? I always say that a person has to be a healthy, independent person in order to get married. And that includes self-love and everything else. Yeah. But you cannot be complete before you get married. How can you be complete? You're never complete. Even, even, even a good marriage, 50 years, you're not complete. You're constantly growing. I think that um, a person has to, has to be 70% complete. Meaning to say, you know, people come from divorce. And they went through trauma with the exes and the, or whatever it is. And then they come out and they say, when am I ready to get married? I said, the other 30% you can only learn when you're living with a partner again. <laughs> when you can be living with a healthy partner, that's when you're going to fix a lot of it. You can sit in therapy from now to tomorrow. Certain parts, it's not experienced. Be 70% okay. Wow. Be, be stable, be human, and then you can move on. And then I want to say like this. When we are, a baby is born, the baby is totally dependent on oh. its mother. Yeah. It doesn't even know when it needs to go to the bathroom. Whatever, the mother takes care of everything. As the child gets older, it becomes a little independent. It knows when it needs to, it says, mommy, change my diaper. The mother doesn't have to check anymore. They get older, so the child becomes more and more independent. 
the independent state is until a person becomes a, an adult. That state has a lot of ups and downs. But if there's a healthy state of the person becoming independent, healthy parents, healthy environment, healthy friends, healthy community, then when the person becomes themselves totally independent, they're not dependent at all at anybody, they're self-sufficient, that's when they can get married. Self-sufficient does not mean that they totally love themselves. Self-sufficient, self-sufficient means you are able to live alone and take care of yourself in a certain level. You don't want to. It's not comfortable. It's so much better to live with someone. That's why you're getting married. You're not getting married because you can't live alone. That person has to carry themselves plus you. Wow. So, but reality is that most people do not come out from the, in, from the dependent stage to independency in every part of their life. Certain parts, their partners are going to have to suffer or work with them. Yeah. And other parts of their life, they're going to be very good because they're a real independent person. So definitely, yes, if someone wants to get married, make sure you are able to be dependent, independent, to live on your own. You're able to. You don't have to. And this goes a little more for men than for women because women are, is okay if they are a little dependent more yeah. than men yeah. because they are the macabre. They're the ones that are leaning on to us, right? And, and we're the ones that are letting them lean onto us. It's like, it's like you're the man, the strong man, and they're leaning onto you. But both of you are weak. The, 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 you know, who, who's leaning on who? Yeah. Someone has to walk in strong. But it's okay if certain parts of our lives, we're not so... We're vulnerable. We're vulnerable, and, and we're, we're not so masculine, and we're not so... Do you know, women so like to take care of men's problems? Do they like it when men are vulnerable and honest, or they, they feel like it becomes a burden? Do I, they think it's, I think it's two things. Being vulnerable and honest is one thing, yes. They yeah, like okay. it. And, 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 and helping the husbands? No, it's a reversed role. I have to take care of my wife, and Hashem takes care of me. Wow. I doubt Hashem to give me fun. My wife comes to take me from me. So how much, to, how much can I complain to her, and how much, where is it too much? It's always too much. I never knew that. I, it's uh, always too much. <laughs> we are not getting married to, to be hugged. We get married to give a hug. Wow. Okay, emotionally and yeah. obviously. So imagine I ask my child to hug me. How would I feel? I, I, don't, I don't ask my child to hug me. I hug him. I'm a giver. And by the way, when you give automatically. Fine, yes. Yeah, that's that. our taking. A yeah. man takes through giving, not But you have taking. to know it. A man takes through giving. But we only learn that after we get married for a while. Because until we get married, we take us. Tati, Tati, my parents take care of me. So in that way, I'm, I'm, I'm still dependent on them. And after, when you get married, you're not there yet. But after a while, and you're living with a woman that wants you and needs you in a happy, healthy way, not a naggy wife, a healthy wife that wants you, and, so, and she makes herself cute because she needs her attention from you, and you give it to her, and you care for her, and you're in tune in her life, you're giving to her, so you're going to want to give it even more because there's no greater pleasure than you're going to stop taking. Yeah. So once a person is happily married for a while, he does not need a hug. He wants to give hugs. He does not need someone to compliment him in a way of, of, if not, I'm insignificant. A man needs a compliment, a healthy man needs a compliment, only for feedback. To know in which for direction feedback. he I'm is. I'm good, I know. I, uh, 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 someone gives me a compliment. Oh, I like this speech. Okay, I speak. I like this speech. I don't take it for 
Yeah. For 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 compliment, I know. Baksham, I speak. I just want to know if. I, but if you get me compliment, oh. it tells me it's 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 feedback. So feed, and I'll ask if I have time with the person not just running away. Which part did you like? Why? Because I want to improve next time I stand up to speak. I should be able to speak better. But an unhealthy man needs a compliment or to feed his ego. Oh, you also know that I'm the best. I'm the best. Finally, you also know, right? That's an unhealthy compliment. Or he needs a compliment because he's, he doesn't believe in himself. He needs someone to believe in him, which is okay. Nobody's perfect. But the goal to get to a place that a man does not need a compliment. And a woman has insecure feelings in her forever. Hashem put it into her. Wow. For the reason that she should want to entice her husband to compliment her, to want her and need her and do everything. Wow. And she loves it and he loves it. I never knew that. That's the glue of a marriage. Wow. When a woman wants, she has, she gets dressed every day. Yeah. And her husband says, You look amazing today. You look amazing today. And thank you. What does that mean? Because she is doubting it. She's doubting it. Hashem put in a doubt in the womb forever. Wow. And there's a whole schmooze about how amazing it is the toy before her, and this makes her, that's why they're so, so much more superhuman than us in many different ways of, of, of their lives, which, which we need to work on. Who knows how, like you were talking in the beginning of the about emotions and feelings, they're so more real. Yeah, you said that understanding like how different women are in the first place from men. Yeah. <laughs> like you think you're going into this relationship, yeah, like two people, you mentioned in, in a previous interview, like just in a, in a talk you gave, how different they are, and it hit me, like, wow, whatever I thought till now, no, they're like completely opposite of who so I am. So someone asks you, not you, someone asks a boy, Yeah. why do you want to get married? And his answer is going to be, I have so much to give. Yeah. I have so much love to give. I want to take care of a woman that's going to smile to me, to a woman that's going to need me, a woman that's going to want me and appreciate me. I have so much to give. That's a healthy boy. A woman, you ask, why do you want to get married? She says, I need someone to love me. I'm going to do everything in the world. I'm going to give him everything. I just want someone to love me and care for me and yeah. be there for me and be in tune in my feelings and my emotions in my life. I need someone to know where I am all day. I need someone. I'm at work. I know my husband's thinking about me. I'm important to him. Yeah. And in return, I'll give him the world. I'll clean this out. I'll do everything in the world. But that's what I need. That's a healthy woman. But if I sit with a woman and she, a woman she comes to my office and says, she's divorced, she says, yeah, maybe you can help me find the shidduch rabbi. Yeah. I said, yeah, you know, whatever. And she said, what? I have so much to I'll give him. I said, stop it. Shut, 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 shut. Are you ready to take? Yeah. Are you ready to, to be a receiver, a healthy receiver with a smile? Wow. Not with a nag and with appreciation. It doesn't mean that an unhealthy woman, here's this, what we're talking now, she could think that that women are inferior and men are, 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 are superior. And, and, and no, that's, that's the power of a woman. Yeah. To be able to be real and say, yes, I need it. A man can't say, yes, I need it. You get it? Wow. Yeah. So I think that you're looking to get married to the woman that's going to Well, it's interesting. It. Basically, yeah. that women fall more into the, the independency than men. Did you just, is that the what you just said? Yeah. To be the Like the, the man is, is, in a sense, always going to say, I need someone. 
while women can sometimes get comfortable without wanting no, to accept. No, that's not what I said. You said the woman doesn't want... No, I'm saying an unhealthy woman that doesn't want to take... Doesn't want to take. Right, that's an right. unhealthy woman. But women fall faster into oh, that Oh, you say they could fall men. into... Yes, yes, that's true. That's because true. the man is always going to want to gonna want something. He's always going to want to give or want to get. The women, once they, right. they go into that, so I don't see, want any more relationship, right. women, I think, statistically are, are... You see, a girl that grew up in a life when she was going through her independent, becoming more independent stage, the childhood or teenagehood, she was uh, made to feel like she was rejected many times when she needed something. Right. Or attention from a father, attention from a mother. She didn't get it, so now she's going to play the game that she doesn't need it. Wow. So her husband is so confused, doesn't know what to do with her. He's giving her the love and she says, I don't need it. But if he doesn't give it to her, she falls apart. So what does he do? What does he do? <laughs> so that's the problem. They come to <laughs> Reach out. What do they do? They gotta reach out. But, but 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 again, men also men men have to learn how to give. Right. But real deeply deep inside our DNA, we are givers. We want to give our wives the world. Just be a happy taker. Yeah. Show them that you need be vulnerable. Right. The problem is a lot of women were vulnerable in the beginning of their life. The husband wasn't a real man yet. He wasn't a giver yet because he, he didn't transition from teenager to adulthood. So she was vulnerable, she was rejected many times. Now she doesn't want to be vulnerable. Right. Now he's a real man and she doesn't want to take. It's amazing. I, I'm not so familiar in this topic. I mentioned when I get married, not what we're gonna, know, I'm going to do another <laughs> one where I'm going to ask and help the people that are married because I'm, I'm still looking for a relationship, isn't that? So anyway, it's getting a little bit late. And uh, I, I'm just curious, Shlami, you're involved and I know at, at I think, minimum 10 big projects and then a hundred or a thousand little projects. <laughs> Is there something you want to talk about? You know, you have the shoifer in the hand and you have a mic. If there's something you want to bring awareness to or a mission of your person. Whatever. Yes, I love that because okay. uh, I'm going to talk about my last project, which yeah. is the school that I mentioned before. Yeah. Um, wow, where do I start? So I opened the school for, for girls that were, many of them were rejected from their homes or different places of schools because uh, they, they, they would, or they dress different and I, one mother told me that, that her daughter was expelled to school she cut her hair too short or her sneaker was a little gray whatever you know right. every, fine, let's not get into levels and different communities have their own standards yeah. but everybody's guilty in different ways yeah regardless these girls, so I created a place where these girls are just accepted I have a staff of 14 people in the Hashem oh. now where they love it it's it's a home it's exciting it's what we're seeing is, you have to hear a story, which, which, which is going to make you unbelievable. What we're seeing is that they are not judged, not only not judged, they're admired for who they are. And I think this is something that the whole world needs to hear. A couple of weeks ago, we took the girls, it was the end of the summer, we took them, it was the end, end of the summer, we found a place that, that the boating is still available, all the way upstate near Monticello oh, yeah. somewhere. One of the lakes, I don't remember which place. You know, starting a school, I wear many hats. I'm the fundraiser. Right. <laughs> I take care of the, you know, me and my wife, we're both 24 hours in this business. You can imagine, it's a business. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So at that day, we didn't have no one to drive them. We have this, uh, I kept them renting now, I picked up this van, but I drove them down. I drove them, I took a day off, I drove them upstate. I took them to the lake, they went with the, with the counselors, and I left. And when they were done, I picked them up. I picked them up. I googled, I found there's a local pizza store, a kosher pizza store, open okay. year-round. So we, we walked to the pizza store, it was in Monticello, I think, the, uh, I forgot the name of the pizza store. Okay. 
quite empty. And all the girls come, and you can imagine, with the wet hair because they jumped into the water. Yeah. And, and they're dressed, you know, in a, in, a, in a level of people that are higher than... than the, and they, they don't... Sorry. And there was a couple over there, a Hasidish couple, a 60-year-old couple. They looked like they're from Williamsburg or maybe Barfak as a couple. And I saw those eyes, like... Looking at all these girls and me, like this Chassid guy who walked in with right. <laughs> 15, 14 girls it was at that time. Now, the school is bigger. And we were like, and he calls me over. What is this, 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 this? I said, they're my sisters. And he's like, so, so she, she was more angry than him. And she says in Yiddish, she talks to me, they, they're not embarrassed themselves. This is how the dress, all the body parts show, the way that she was saying. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. I only see beautiful neshamas. I see people that are, I, I don't know what you see. And she, she couldn't. She was talking to her husband back and forth. And the girls are ordering the vow. And she calls over one girl. She says, did that Yiddish? She read Safari Yiddish. Yeah. She says, no, I'm sorry. I don't understand Yiddish. She starts saying, you're not embarrassed of yourself? This is how you dress? you Jewish girl? You didn't go to school as a girl? You don't know what Sinias is? She got the wrong girl. <laughs> this girl is a smart girl. Yeah. And she made such a music. I know. Give me a bracha that I should be able to be wow. more sneeze. What do you mean? Just put on sneeze. I'm going to give you a bracha. I'm going to give you a bracha. Just, just put on tomorrow. Long skirt. Just take care of yourself. I know I struggle. This is my struggle. What should I do? Give me a bracha. So you don't want to give me a bracha? You don't want to give me a bracha? Back and forth. And I was standing at the side and I was like, like, whoa. <laughs> And then she tells her in Yiddish. Yeah. Lady, Dios Ochet struggles. You also have struggles. Wow. Your struggles are hidden and my struggles are outside. So this is my struggle. I struggle with Sinis. Wow. But I have so many values. Wow. And when I'm strong with my Yiddish kind of my life and everything else. And you still don't want to give me a brucha? It's the only difference between me and you. Yeah. Your struggles, if you, I don't know if you talk Lashon or not, it's definitely a bigger barrier than Sinis. Uh, or this or that, this is my struggle. She walks away. We went to the back of the restaurant, there was like a room, we ate, and we left. This woman stood up, she hugged that girl, she said, I'm sorry. Wow. You are so right, you gave me the lesson of my life. I could be your grandmother, but nobody changed my life as much as you did. Wow. Yes, I also have. My chasranis are hidden. So Tahir Eden, whoever sees this podcast, when you see someone dressed different, behaving different, different to whatever you consider normal is and different is, it's not something that you could judge and understand. Just love and accept everybody. And yeah. it, this is the whole idea. You never know what's going on in someone else. And you never know how tzaddikim they are. And I, I, I can't share now because I wouldn't have time. But how much beautiful stories I learned from this school, having this school the last yeah. half a year. How these neshumas are, I'm embarrassed of myself and different things in my life. The tamimas that these girls have. Yeah. The tamimas, I, I work with boys all my life. Yeah. Same kind of boys. Now I have girls. It's a very different, you know, for me, it's, I'm learning a whole new world of, they're neshumas from a different world. Yeah, a different world. Which was somebody that also had that the acceptance for every Jew, and I think now that he's not I, I knew around, I know very well personally. Yeah, because personally. Live in the Seagate. Right. And I, I, I yeah, yeah. So I think that that's part of my new mission in life, and I'm working now maybe on a project of that concept to smile to read. And now with the war in Israel, also people are noticing that 
that uh, it is Achdes and acceptance. Last question to you, Rapslai Meilach. What is your personal life mission? Because you, you do way too many things. My mission? So if you can identify your, <laughs> like your gift or what you really feel makes you feel accomplished. Is it one thing? Is it multiple things? I'm, I'm going to confess. I'm going to be vulnerable. Yeah. Wow, you got me. Since I'm a little kid, since I remember myself, I have a weird thing that I'm responsible for Hashem's kids. Wow. I, whenever there's a fight in the class, not that I didn't fight sometimes, yeah. <laughs> but if I saw a fight, I always made Shulam. Maybe it's my name, Shulam or Shulam, and a lot of yeah. people the name of Shulam are very into Shulam. But there was something in me. Um, again, you could call it, uh, uh, you know, the different Neshumas, different missions. I don't want to say it on podcast, but the, but the different parts of Neshumas that, that the Chesit Shishurim talk about, I know which one to like, identify a little bit of my my drive and my thing, yeah. I, I, I take responsibility, I don't know why. I take responsibility for Klal Yisrael, and I'll sometimes, many times put it before my own, it, it could even, it could, it could even count the for me many times, like the school is only costing me money, right. and, 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 and it's taking away nights and days, and, and many of the organizations I established is running on their own already. I established wow. it because I, because I don't have the time, and the, but I, I knew, let's say, let's say the divorce organization, I went through my own, which is not yeah. to talk about now. I got remarried 18 years ago, but at the time I got married, I was happy married. I said, I'm paying back, open the organization. Wow. I found the right people, whatever, and a few people together. And other things that I'm doing is, 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 is that. So I think it's, it's a responsibility type of feeling. Yeah, no, I don't that's... know why. I don't know why. I don't know who I was in the previous Gilgal. I don't yeah. know what it is. And, and that keeps me going. Shulam, like to make peace in... Between fathers, between singles, Husbands, between the marriages, more that you write. Was, that's my my drive, and and the kiddush Hashem. I have a have a very very strong. Uh, it, it's just who I am. And you do make a kiddush Hashem. I learned <laughs> I a guess, lot from right. you, and you're a true inspiration. Somebody that people, everybody can feel comfortable because you do it in a real humble way. Everything you say doesn't target people. It just it targets your mission. So nobody ever feels offended. People just feel loved by the words that you say. Um, um, what are some of the services that you provide for people if they're listening and they want to understand how they can maybe book a session and where can they reach out? Is there a website or a phone number that we can share? So, so this is something new because you asked me for the interview. I had no clue that I'm going to be able to say this. So okay. till now was L'Shem Shemaim. But I'm going to uh, say, L'Shem Shemaim. L'Shem Shemaim. Highly, yeah. um, I have a website called RabbiErlich.org. Okay. I give book appointments, and and it's in, within these frame. I have a few n- n- niche. The main things that I work on, obviously, shulam bias. Very, right. very. This is a huge chunk. The second thing that I do a lot is Yiddishkeit. People that have questions are Yiddishkeit or themselves or their kids, and they need help. Um, this I'm very, very trained and okay. and explaining and breathing proof as the chef and everything else. And that's that's my part. Which that part people call me Mashpia. Yeah. I don't like any names on me. So. Yeah. But but. The people that associate to me that way call me Mashbir, or they come to my Shi'irim that I give in the mornings and whatever different stuff. But people come to me for that. The third thing is uh, parents that have children that struggle, they come to yeah. me for guidance how to deal with them. Okay. And this is what I speak about a lot, like Ashanashi in many different organizations, right. to get, you know, in my you own were organization. last week, right? Huh? You were last week by a event? A few weeks ago. A, week, a few weeks ago, and then yeah. and, and, uh, Shabbos after Hanukkah, we're being again. Okay. Different, so, so it's basically. 
these are the three main topics that I that I'm involved mm-hmm. with. Obviously, I don't deal with trauma. I'm not a trauma therapist. That's not, okay. not what I do. It's relationship therapy, and um, and relationship between husband and wife, us and Hashem, us and our kids. It's a back to Shulam, Shlaim and Shaim, same thing. Alex, Shlaim, thank That's you so much for your time. I really thank appreciate you. it. And thank you, everybody, thank for you so listening. Much for you. Thank you so much.